From the Atonement Fargo Studios on South University Drive in Fargo, North Dakota, this is That Podcast. Hey, to contact the crew, submit your questions or comments, go to atonement.live slash podcast questions. And now, here's those crazy people with That Podcast. Hey, welcome back to another episode of That Podcast. I'm Ryan Janke, and of course, I'm joined by Pastor DJ Lura and Sarah DeYoung. And, you know, I'm excited every week when we do the podcast. Love it. But this week, I'm really excited uh, because uh, we're, we're introducing somebody I've literally known my entire life. Um, he is, how did we decide it? He is my... Let him, let him say it. Should I let him say it? <laughs> yeah. He's, he says it better than I do. All right, I'll introduce him. Uh, and then well, he... I, think, I think you both should say it and then let the, the listeners decide what are they saying. Let them so. decide who, who's right and who's right. wrong. Okay, well, so today we have uh, a man who loves Jesus and, his, and, like I said, I've known him my entire life and has been a tremendous influence on my life. Uh, and, and people have probably heard us mention him before, mainly Pastor Cross has mm-hmm. mentioned him. Uh, Del Ruff. Del Ruff is, uh, is joining us. Del is the founder of Ruff International, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But Del, welcome to that podcast. Thank you. It's an honor to be here. Yeah. <laughs> so Del is my grandpa's sister's son. How's that? Grandpa's sister's, sister's son. son. Now, how did he say it? Ryan's grandpa is my mom's brother. Ryan's grandpa is my mom's. For some reason, that seems to make more sense mm-hmm. and seem less complicated than how, how you said it. Yeah. Moving on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Remember well, that whatever. Maybe, that, maybe that was a little better. Have I don't ever, know. Have you ever seen the movie um, Spaceballs? Yeah, well, of course. Let's the, comb the desert. Well, the one line in there when like, I'm your uncle's brother's sister's college roommate. <laughs> What's it make us? Absolutely nothing. <laughs> for the first time, for the last time. <laughs> the first and last time we'll talk about that on that podcast. <laughs> but you two are family. We are. And have and have He's been, my cousin. Been family your entire life. Yes. Yep. Yes. <laughs> as far as you know. Yeah. He's been part of the family longer than me. Sure. Uh, <laughs> so well, Dale, thanks for thanks for coming in. Um, so Rough International is a Christian organization focused on helping the people in Ahoche, Nicaragua, correct? In, in Nicaragua in general, yes, but primarily focused in Ahoche. Okay, okay. Which, which is a community um, maybe 20 minutes from the border town of Samatillo in northwest Nicaragua. Northwest side, okay. So just a little village then? A little village, yep. Okay, all right. And, um... What are you, what are you doing there? What what sort of mission work do you do down there? In Ahoche, we're we're currently finishing a church, um, finishing a church and a mission. We we support the church. We um, food shortages, the, the school. <clears throat> we support a couple of schools actually for school supplies and that sort of thing. But uh, in Ahoche, it's supporting of a certain certain congregation, and then also the local school. Okay. Um, so I want to back up a little bit. Um, can you tell us, um, tell us about your faith journey and how it led you to Nicaragua? How'd you get there? Uh, maybe about 12, 13 years ago, something like that. I, um, 
kind of uh, going through a few changes in life. Um, uh, an occupation, I, I went from about 12 years working in the juvenile justice system to um, starting my own transportation business. And during that same transition, I also switched. I changed churches, and and uh, God kind of had my attention. I was um, in the Word a little more as I joined St. Andrew in West Fargo, North Dakota. Um, shortly after that, I went to a, a mission society meeting at St. Andrew. Uh, they were expl- they were talking about a Mexico short term mission trip. Passed around. It's kind of a funny story that we share a lot with the the people that. Um, kind of introduced me to missions, which is Kirk and Judy Rosen from St. Andrew, and they were passing around a sheet that um, said something like, you can sign this sheet if you're interested in getting more information. And I, I signed the sheet, and I, I passed it across the table to to Judy, and she said like something like, welcome aboard. <laughs> <laughs> and she smiled, and I was like, oh, hey, easy there. You know, it, uh, it's just for more information. Uh-huh. But ultimately, I was at that point, I was thinking, you know, going to Mexico in February, you know, doesn't doesn't sound too bad. It's a win-win situation. Mm-hmm. You know, and help the people and that sort of thing. But um, so went on that trip. Again, at that time, I was in the Word, um, pretty heavy, and um, it was just a life-changing experience. Uh, with I, uh, I was the president of Saint Andrew Mission Society for about ten years, and during that, I probably went to Mexico about fifteen times, something like that. And on one of those trips, there was some short-term missionaries from Nicaragua or from South Texas that went to Nicaragua. And they invited uh, me and a couple others to come along with them. And I'm thinking, again, it was uh, just kind of an impulse of, sure. Mm-hmm. You know, um, went down to Nicaragua for a couple of trips, and um, the hook was set after the, that. The hook was set. <laughs> me and a couple others kind of went on a couple of trips just by ourselves. And um, after a while, you'd, you know, the, the the mission work needs some organization, so that led to, with the encouragement and support of a few individuals and organizations. Um, Rating Rough International. Okay. Uh, how many times have you been down there? In Nicaragua? Yeah. I People ask me that all the time, and I I can't remember. Maybe another dozen, 12, 14 times. Oh, wow. Something like so, that. So you're going a couple times a year for sure. Uh, it used to be a few times a year, yeah, for a few years, and then uh, the last couple of years with, you know, we can probably get into that later, some spiritual warfare and trials and challenges made it a little... Uh, a little less often, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, spe- <laughs> speaking of, of uh, the spiritual warfare, um, th- one of the times you went, you drove. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you tell us about that. Uh, long story short, we had a, a, a van donated to, to the community down there, and they could, it, it would have been the, hypothetically, it would have been the only uh, running automobile in the village so myself and uh, and a few others packed up the van full of about 2,000 pounds worth of donations and and us us three and and then a couple others flew down to Guatemala and we picked them up there but um yeah drove drove from Fargo North Dakota down to Ojoche Nicaragua yeah <laughs> through Mexico through um Guatemala through El Salvador Honduras and then finally into northern Nicaragua wow what is that like driving through other, well, you know, we're in America. We're used to driving through states, and and prior to, you know, the pandemic, driving into into Canada wasn't too difficult, or even driving to Mexico isn't too difficult. But driving through multiple countries, what is that like? Honestly, I enjoyed it. I mean, 
mean, we understood the risks and, and things like that, but I think the desire and the adventure um, mm-hmm. overtook the <laughs> concern. Mm-hmm. But, yeah. um, I mean, there, there was, you know, you, you see some, you know, you, you know, you see some things that you wouldn't, uh, you know, wouldn't otherwise see. Mm-hmm. I mean, we passed a few, you know, checkpoints, obviously, where there, there were some areas that were clearly narco territories in Mexico. Um, you know, there, in Central America, there's, you know, a few roads where obviously they probably haven't seen Americans driving too frequently. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But uh, otherwise, it was it was a great trip. I'd like to do it again sometime, actually. How many miles do you ended up putting on? It's about 3,000, 3,300, something like that. And we did it in about, what, five days? Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and on the way, um, and, and this is, we'll get to this, the spiritual warfare piece of that in a minute, but on the way, uh, God's hand was on it, right? You got a flat tire, or you broke down somehow, right? Yeah, we had a flat tire. <laughs> and, um, I mean, ultimately, uh, just the, the, the local guy at this kind of uh, uh, closed-off road that we were at, he he called somebody, that guy come out and, and helped us, and then, Went and uh, I don't even remember now how it happened, but ultimately we ran into a cab driver that that gave us a ride to to uh, this Walmart or something like that. And, th- and this is out kind of in the middle of nowhere, Mexico, yeah, or s- southern uh, south of Guatemala City, and maybe a few miles outside of town. Yeah. Hmm. Um, so you get the van down there, and so they 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 got the van and they drove drove off, right? <laughs> <laughs> not not exactly. No, no, actually, going back to the tire, it cost us two dollars to fix the tire. And they, really? And they changed it in about two and a half minutes, and that's not even wow NASCAR style. Yeah. Wow. And and, and uh, yeah, parked on the side of this road with cars zooming by, and it was just kind of a little hole in the wall place. And I think we gave him three bucks, and just out of impulse, thinking you know should have gave him more, but yeah, it's like a tip, but it's like two dollars. Yeah. Anyway, but um, yeah, so we got it down there, flew back actually. But there were some complications with the government transferring the title, so um, in the end, I had to go back down and bring it back. And so you drove it all the way back. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> in that time, so when you drove down, you had a few people with you. Did you drive back alone? That. Yeah, I, I've just. Well, I was down at actually uh, LCMS convention in Tampa, and um, I, I knew that you know that there, there was questions and. And, uh, you know, that the the van is actually attached to your passport, and there's a just like a, a visa. You have a certain amount of time that it can be there, and they start fining you, and at a, at a certain point they'll fine you as much as the van is probably worth. Just that's how they how it happens. Mm-hmm. So I, I knew that, that time was coming up, and was actually by the time I got there, it was already like eight days over the oh wow over, over the permit. So I flew down there, and, I mean, I considered a couple options, like driving it in Costa Rica and parking it, you know, until we can keep on working on getting it okayed, but met with community leaders down there and just decided I'd drive it back. It was a, it was a, it was a, it was, a, it was difficult, but just a learning experience. And mm-hmm. it, it, uh, very emotional for the leaders. I mean, you know, being uh, having to remove a gift like that from their community was probably the worst. I mean, th- the drive back, no doubt, you know, was an inconvenience, but the impact on the community was, the impact was much, much worse. Mm-hmm. And that's because uh, t- tell us about that area um, and and the difficulty getting around, or why why the van was would have been. Uh, again, it's you know off the paved road, maybe 
20 minutes. I don't even know how many miles it is, but they just don't, the transportation in general, they have a bus that comes, I'm a few of them have motorcycles, but otherwise they have a bus that goes up to the community in the morning and comes back late in the afternoon. And, and that's about the only transportation they have. So, you know, medical emergencies, there's all kinds of, you know, benefits that van would have had for their community. Yeah. And I've seen posts on your, on your Facebook page where the kids are literally uh, sometimes almost risking their life to get to school, right? Well, again, especially for our English program, it, it um, you know, it, it, it would be a nice opportunity. Yeah. Right. You know, for them just to, uh, for a transportation for our students. Yeah. So th- this school, um, was it already built or did you, did you kind of spearhead that or how did that all come about? The actual school has been there that they go to school for, I'm not sure how long it's been a while, but, um, the church, the mission where we have the class was, uh, we were kind of building that when we were, oh, I was first introduced to Nicaragua by these you know, people that brought me down there. They, uh, started building the church. Okay. So you helped build the church <laughs> and the, kind of the dorm missionary. Yep. Okay. Okay. Um, how many kids are, are in the, the English speaking school? In the English learning? Or the English, the English learning. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, like 25, give or take one or two. And then, um, actually, ironically, tomorrow we're starting a new, a new class. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, they, f- they're fighting for a lot down there, I would imagine. Uh, it, it's it really is difficult to explain the circumstances that they live in and in, in, in some of the like I've, I've we've talked before some of the pictures don't really tell the, the situation I mean the actual school that they go to their public school it doesn't have electricity you know so it's always somewhat dark and mm-hmm. and then they you know school supplies are lacking so we uh, we do that so are they um, in Nicaragua is it are they going there in the dark, coming home in the dark, or is it, is that closer to the equator? So it's, how does that, you know, are they are they are they going in the dark or? Uh, it, it's similar to here, but they go half days to school. Oh, okay. They, they go like whatever eight till noon. Okay, okay. So, um, what's their what's their faith like down there? That's a good question as well. I it when we first got there. We didn't have quite as much experience in the in the expanded areas of the community, but it's you know it's Catholicism, it's Latin America, so Catholic is the mm-hmm. foundation. Um, Lutheran Church is probably fifteen years old down there, something like that. So they've you know some of those questions are are new to them. There, there's a there's a nearby Baptist church. There's you know there's there's Christian churches, but they have a they have a history of Catholicism and you know things like witchcraft and things oh like wow. That. Okay. Is uh, uh, is the Lutheran Church more recognizable with the Catholic Church or with the other Protestant churches in Nicaragua, from uh, the folks' perspective? I, w- I would say it definitely be with the other Protestant. Yeah, churches. and I and I don't mean like an allegiance, but just for those who who may um, experience worship in a Missouri Synod Church or a Baptist Church as compared to a Catholic Church. In the United States, uh, the average person would say Lutherans look a lot like Catholics in many ways, um, even though the belief system, the, the faith system is, 
is uh, Protestant in its in its origins, and that I guess that's what I'm asking. Yeah, I think right? like, um, did the Lutherans look like the Catholics, or did they look like the Baptists, or is it, would, it very obvious that much they're like all here? I think they would look a lot more like Catholics if the church was a little. If there's a few more bells and whistles in our, <laughs> sure. If, if you go on the the Rough International uh, Facebook page, for example, that where the, um, the the English students are, that's also their church. So mm-hmm. a lot of the the altars and things like that, like here or or the liturgy, it's not quite you know not quite established. Right. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, yeah, I think it would continue to resemble the Catholic Church. Sure. But uh, they they all look pretty similar. Oh yeah. In, in that area, just because it's circumstances mm-hmm. um, the, the catholic i haven't been to the catholic church which is uh, in a community called la Coretta, which is maybe a half hour walk away mm-hmm. so i don't know what it looks like but it's they're building a new one actually and it's much bigger and nicer than <laughs> do the do the christian churches support each other or is there uh, kind of uh, a competitive uh, nature uh, i can't say i've ever seen church politics so i think they're, they're they, they support each other i mean the community as a whole um, like the English program, it's open to all mm-hmm. the different, yeah. you know, churches. Mm-hmm. So, and that brings another question that I wonder about is, in Nicaragua, is there a a national church or is it uh, a, like a secular government? Um, any, anybody can worship any way they want. Like, if you go back in the history of the Lutheran church, you go back to places like Sweden. Well, if you were born in Sweden, you're Lutheran. Uh, to this day, what's it like in Nicaragua? I'd say that they're, they're free. I mean, if there's an established or a preferred church, it's probably the Catholic Church with the leadership down there. Mm-hmm. But by just the vocabulary they use, mm-hmm. you, you can see. But otherwise, um, as far as persecution or anything like that, no, I think they're kind of free to worship wherever you mm-hmm. free, want. Free to worship. Yeah. I mean, the, the uh, Ortega, their president, uses his faith, you know, part of his platform so So what's their biggest uh struggle that you've seen is it food is it what what is it uh that they struggle with the most i mean we all need obviously we all need grace Mm -hmm. we all need jesus other than that um to improve their lives which uh, education and and food, nutrition, mm-hmm. and food. Okay. But education very much, just, you know, you need opportunity. And that's kind of where you've been. Uh, that's our focus, yeah. That's where you've been focused at, yeah, yeah. Um, you've got, you've got some, you've got some stuff there. What do you, what do you got? Uh, uh, just kind of a guideline of where we're going, yeah. So oh, okay. Some of, the, some of the questions you're asking, just so I. Okay. So I right. have some reminders of what. Oh, oh! I thought you had uh, uh, like a a little, a little spiel for us, but not really. I don't know if you uh, early on you kind of uh, covered what our mission statement was. I mean, our Psalm one nineteen one hundred five is our kind of the the verse that we <laughs> go by. God's word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path. Right. You know, kind of consider ourselves. You know, you don't need a lot of people. You just need a few committed. You know, like Gideon's army is yeah. is. You know, special yeah. forces, yes. spiritual special <laughs> yeah, forces. Right. In, indeed, yes. Amen. Uh, how many people do you have going down there on mission trips when you go? Uh, sometimes it's myself. Sometimes it's myself and one of my main mission partners, Cindy Joe. Okay. Um, sometimes it's teams. 
Okay. Yeah. Well, that was past June when we brought the van down. It was a team of what, seven of us, something like that. Okay. And that's over a year ago. That's not just a couple of months ago, yeah. June. It was a, yeah. a year, a little over a year yeah. ago. Okay. And then depending on where this this virus goes, um, uh, uh, next June we'll, I think is the next time we'll schedule a team if anybody's interested. Oh, okay. And there'll there'll be more information on your sure, Facebook yeah. page, I assume. Yep. Okay. So, what is your um, uh, your focus is education. Um, are you planning to just continue focusing there in Ohoche or are you thinking of expanding or, or what's your, yeah, we, we already do like, again, support another school, some supplies up in Northeast in a, in a community called Condega, which is in more North central Nicaragua. Okay. And then, um, always open to other opportunity to be visiting with some new ministry leaders on our next trip down there in some different communities. But Ohoche is just kind of our main main area right and then uh, as far as you know expanding you know you know we've kind of explored areas in the middle east and then also in the caribbean but until some of this travel restriction mm-hmm. stuff eases it'll be difficult to go any further than that so yeah the, the focus is more in Ahoche right now with the, with the education and the, the english program and then um, it's kind of just a perpetual food shortage yeah down there i think probably amy from feed my starving children probably has some experience in Oh yeah, yep, for sure. In that so, uh, well, so is is Rough International um, non-denominationally affiliated, or is it exclusively uh, Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod? Independent. Right okay. And non-denominationally. Yeah. So is um, having you know had conversations with with other missionaries, uh, it's it's relying on the support of, of churches and benefactors, is, is that a part of your work as well, or is yours primarily uh, going to Nicaragua? Well, we have a small operating team, so it's, it's you know, all the above. I yep. mean, it, it, uh, a few of us are Missouri Synod, um, but there's uh, the LCMC, for example, that a lot of the churches that are affiliated with our LCMC down there. Okay. Um, and then the, the, as far as the teams and whoever is welcome to come, it's, it's cr- across the spectrum okay. mm-hmm. of different faiths, but um, yeah, it's as far as principles, it's independent, but sola scriptura. Yeah, sure, sure. <laughs> yep. If that makes sense. Uh, yeah. Well, from the roots that it's coming from, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, yeah absolutely. What does that mean? Uh, sola scriptura mm-hmm. means scripture alone or the word alone mm-hmm. would be another way to speak of it. Yeah. Okay. How has COVID hampered you? I mean, I, I, you said uh, you, you're not going to plan anything until next June. Did you have things planned for this this year that got? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes to all of the above. Um, yeah, I had a team. We had a team going in June that we postponed for a couple of months. Then we looked at the fall, and uh, I'm not too confident that it'll be possible in the fall either, so that you know we'll move it to June. Mm-hmm. Um, but otherwise, yeah, it's, it's limited. You know, we can still send funds down there for, you know, food and that sort of stuff with the congregation. And, um, and then, the, again, the English program is, is doing outstanding, and there's, you know, we're only limited by funds mm-hmm. for that as well. It's, uh, we have more than more people uh, than we can handle right now. How is that affecting them down there? Some areas in Nicaragua, again, the... Uh, the government controls a lot of the, the narrative, so it, it's hard to tell. But 
um, some of the bigger cities have had have been impacted by it, but but again, you know, thank God nobody up in the hills yet has. Mm-hmm. But um, schools are limited and that sort of thing. They take precautions, and but we uh, we continued the English program and they continue to attend the services in the congregation. Mm-hmm. The government in Nicaragua, um, do they? See, all, all I know about them is kind of like uh, from the eighties. Uh, yes, <laughs> yeah. I mean, is it is it is it a democratic republic? Um, is it a one regime government? Uh, and do they do they hinder you, or do they let you do what you're doing because it takes it off of their plate to do it? Uh, for the most part, um, we just stay away from the okay political yep aspect in Nicaragua. Um, so far, it hasn't been an issue. Okay. Hmm. Yep, okay. good. I mean, you hear about some places where, um, and I hadn't I hadn't heard too much about this in Central America, but places like um, the Soviet bloc, the, the ex-Soviet bloc countries, or uh, China, Turkey, different places in the far corners of the ur- of the world, not necessarily you know south of us, which is a three thousand mile drive that you can make <laughs> in five days, uh, but these places where there's negotiating from the get go that has to go on with the central government for Christians to be able to operate mm. and take care of other Christians or share the gospel. There's some of that, and and as we grow, we're kind of starting to meet some of those um, regulations, but yeah. yeah. But so, but so far in your ministry, it's not been so far so good a and, hindrance. And not not so far, no. Other than the you know kind of ran into some issues with the van, and but I, I can't say that's a hundred percent government. It's it, it's complicated. I've lived in other that could have happened in North Carolina. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it could, but but yeah, I mean it, it's no secret you know that the Nicaragua government, and the United States government, are not on good terms. Sure. Uh, you know it, it uh, you don't have a lot of Americans traveling down there. You know, it's not Costa Rica and it's not yeah. Mexico. There's, you know, resorts are few and far between. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's, uh, yeah. Yeah. So you've been, you've been doing this 12, 12 years? So you said? Uh, 15 years, maybe something. 15, I'd have to do the math on that. 15 years. Uh, have things changed over that time for, for better or worse? Or The community has definitely gotten better. A lot better. The, the areas are it, all of Nicaragua. I think is probably improving. It, and what what do you attribute that to? Is it? It's a good question. Like any other third world, I think technology makes it a smaller world. Um, increased education. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They, they, I mean, a young, more young people. Yeah. Uh, and how long have you really been involved with the with the English program? Only about a year, what, a year now? Oh, okay. I mean, we there's been a English pro- programs around, but uh, um, especially for those you know more poor areas, okay. it's it's you know it's not available because of the the cost. I mean, there's English academies for you know different classes of people, but in the hills, it was just actually it's been a you know a real strong dream for a long time. Mm-hmm. And uh, our our instructor Heber Lopez, I, I met with him again maybe half ago something like that about because he has a small English, English school in that border town of San Mateo and uh, you know just met with him on what it would take to 
geared up in the community, and he actually lives where he's from, a community something like halfway between Ohoche and Somatillo. And we kind of come up with a plan, and, and I come back and found support for it. Yeah. So. What kind of fruit are you seeing already? It, uh, it It's an amazing <laughs> Like a, it touches my heart a lot. It, it the opportunity it gives them, mm-hmm. you know, it, it, for for some of those that uh, studying either medicine or or teaching, or, and uh, I mean again, it's even though it's been a while, it's not. I think the fruit will be more long term, but it gives them opportunity for just employment, you know, to leave the hill and have a skill. Mm-hmm. Um, you know that English is probably as valuable as their K through eight mm-hmm. education, honestly, for opportunity to leave some of those hills, not that they need to leave those hills, but it, you know, there's opportunity out there that the English program allows. I, I was actually our instructor. I was thinking about trying to catch him on WhatsApp and have him join our, oh, uh, join our meeting today, but <laughs> I'm not, he, uh, they, they have class right now actually. And plus the, you know, you can't make a call from up in the hill, much less internet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, we, we, d- I, talking about third world problems as compared to first world circumstances and perspectives. I mean, we really have no idea in the United States uh, about how privileged we are mm-hmm. to be in the United States. Mm-hmm. Um, with something as, as simple as as English, that's a fairly new phenomenon for English to be basically the language of trade throughout the entire world. Mm-hmm. Uh, along with the dollar being the reserve currency of the entire world, um, all commodities are traded in dollars. So, that gives the United States a big step up, and because our primary language is English, mm-hmm. well, that's bec- because the because of technology, because the world is shrinking because of technology, it spread English like crazy. And having a grasp on arguably the most confusing language on the planet, English, <laughs> yeah. where none of the rules apply. It uh-huh. certainly isn't German. German, they have very set rules. Uh, Spanish as well, in many ways. Um, Japanese, but in, <laughs> but learning English is is something that places all over, especially third world countries, to be able to have that skill and to be able to implement that just gives you that many more tickets to to succeed and and to thrive in life rather than than to survive and or and fall into de- despair and and desperation. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, he explained it a lot better than I did. <laughs> yeah, very much. It'd, it'd be like the dollar being the reserve currency of the world, English being the language of the world. Mm-hmm. Very much, yep. Yeah. It's like uh, what Greek was in the Bible. That's why the New Testament's written in Greek, even though um, the Hebrews and then the Jews, their primary language was not Greek. It was Hebrew, and then by the time of the New Testament, it was Aramaic. But Greek had become the language of trade throughout the Roman Empire because of the spread of Greek culture throughout that part of the world. Well, that's what English is today, but it's over the entire world. So, mm-hmm. uh, you uh, you touched on some uh, spiritual warfare earlier. Did you want to expand on that, or or did you pretty much say what you uh, issues you've you've run into? Oh uh, well, uh, again, just we've been down there for a while, and. and the, kind of formalizing the structure of this association, you know, it, it took off pretty well. You know, we had some support of a few churches and a few individuals, and, and, ju- and just all of a sudden, it, it, uh, it kind of a funny, again, long story short, a funny missionary uh, 
met over in Russia, actually, kind of explained to me to be ready for it. And I was like, doing pretty good so far. And he said something like, once you're on the you know, devil's radar, like you'll know when. <laughs> and I'm not, not saying that's what, what it was, but it sure seemed like it. it I'm uh, pretty sure that's exactly what it was. It, it uh, kind of took off and just like that, it was, you know, I actually got a, f- a few notes on it. It was. It, I mean, again, the, a couple of the, our supporting people and organizations, they, they had financial issues, so they, they, they ended up having to make some cuts, and, our, and, and we, were, we were some of those cuts. Um, my business slowed down. Uh, one of our operating team, again, you can, uh, we kind of posted a, a little memorial to him. You can see him on the Facebook page, but he got killed in an accident down there. Um, some health problems with a couple of our main mission partners. Uh, again, they had some political unrest. I don't know if you remember. It wasn't quite Venezuela level, but a few thousand people got killed, uh, you know, a, maybe a couple of years ago mm-hmm. down there. It, uh, just a, a number of issues that all happened literally at the same at the same time. And then just when we were starting to kind of rebound, it, you know, this pandemic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of... Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a real thing, mm-hmm. um, spiritual warfare. Um, is, can can you sort of define it a little bit, DJ? I think uh, Dell would do De- it better than I would. That <laughs> once you're on the devil's radar, you know, when the gospel is happening, when the kingdom is expanding, uh, that that means the devil is losing territory. Now the devil's already defeated. Christ has risen from the cross. But now, and the devil also knows that the word has announced his end. Um, so he's he's like a caged, um, a, a caged wild animal. This is actually how Revelation speaks about Satan. Mm-hmm. He's been cast out of the influence of of the the universal spiritual heavens, um, and so is is hemmed in. And what he wants to do is is take down the kingdom as much as possible. But he knows the writing is on the wall as well. So in ministry, especially when you're going to a place um, where the decisions that you make are going to have life and death consequences, um, there you find that you have to rely on God's grace and the power of the Holy Spirit for every step you take. Um, because the devil does begin to attack you. And, mm-hmm. and in the New Testament, it talks about this with the apostles, about when they were getting persecuted, they rejoiced even more because it, it, it's, it's, like it's a sign that, that God is breaking in here. Mm-hmm. God is doing something, and God is going to deliver, even if it means the end of my life or whatever it may be, that, that the purpose that the Lord has called me to is being accomplished. Mm-hmm. And when that happens, uh, then you get the spiritual attacks. And what what are we supposed to do in the midst of spiritual attack? We're supposed to turn to the Lord. That's where our strength is. We are to grow deeper in Scripture. We are to pray more. In fact, everything we do should be prayer. Mm-hmm. That's the reality of spiritual warfare. Um, the devil will attack. The devil will will whisper lies in your ears. The devil will... Do all of the things that um, would seem like 
what you're doing is not working, and yet there's still fruit coming forward mm-hmm. in the midst of those attacks. Does that? Very you much. said it better, <coughs> nice and short. Uh, <laughs> when you're on the devil's yeah. radar, you know it's going to get well, going to get bumpy. Yep, yep. I just wanted an expand ex- expansion a little bit on the definition, and then and then Dell had a, a real real life examples mm-hmm. of what's going on. So, yeah. And then Ryan has asked me before what you know what. Christianity, you know, looks like down there. You know the, the difference, and and how you explain it there is a, is another. Uh, it uh, what's special down there is the, how they rely on grace, mm-hmm. whether it be their you know all their difficulties in life, mm-hmm. but you know all the you know it's I don't know if you know about Nicaragua, but it, I mean literally it's the second poorest uh, country in the second in the Western Hemisphere, only second to Haiti. Um, war, natural disasters. I mean, it's just it is a unique country, a unique people. You know it's my favorite place on earth, you know, because of a lot of that uniqueness, but mostly just the, the heart of the people, the perseverance of the people, you yeah. know, and, and then the, the, the heavy stock they put on just, you know, they, you, you rarely get a comment from them without mm-hmm. the grace of God mm-hmm. being, mm-hmm. you know, in, introducing the comment or following the comment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and again, they're, they're beat down people and they persevere and with God's grace. Well, and it's another reason why we should be, incredibly thankful to live where we live. Um, uh, We're a soft people in the United States. (laughs) We had it pretty easy. Uh, I I had uh, some friends, I've heard this from a couple of missionaries, and I think it's true. Um, You go to Ethiopia, you go to Tanzania, you go to Nicaragua. Uh, We we Christians in the United States, you talk about Jesus, you go to those places, you're going to meet Jesus. Mm. Um, And I I think there's a lot of truth to that. Yeah. Not that Jesus isn't here too. It's just that we're constantly, um, uh, the right. Uh, we're, we're constantly being like distracted mm-hmm. from seeing him and what he's doing, walking with us, yeah. uh, each and every day. You know, we're worried more about like a first world problem, like my my phone is lagging, <laughs> or the <laughs> internet is down, my or, screen is cracked. Right. Right. <laughs> Not and not that these things aren't frustrating, but mm-hmm. I mean, it's a little different than where am I going to get get food today, mm-hmm. or how far to get water? Yeah. yeah, or yeah. Um, a lot of times going to a place like Nicaragua, um, do you run into people who uh, you ask to come along, and they're concerned about safety or they're concerned about you know that sort of thing? Pretty much every other person. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's the reason I ask that is uh, my grandpa's sister or your mother or however, how did we? <laughs> who who oh, is it? Full we'll circle. <laughs> <laughs> she went there uh, at 78 years old, right? Oh, oh yeah, you met my mom. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, my grandpa's sister. Oh, okay. <laughs> your great aunt, Ryan. And yes, she, yeah, I just got that yeah. too. Your great aunt. She. <laughs> yeah. She told me that she felt she felt completely safe there. Again, absolutely. I mean, it's, or especially in Nicaragua, especially where we're at. It, it uh, that's why it's special. Like uh, again, when I brought her, it was just me and her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that first time, and and uh, because she's you know she comes from that generation of you know the the '80s Nicaragua where it was a you know we were a fear of that country and and this and and uh, she uh, and I knew when she come back she'd be a, a cheerleader for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she was. And, and uh, but but no it. The, the concern? No, I mean it. 
again, people like her are, are witnesses to that, just the safety. It's, uh, you know, there's no doubt there's areas in Nicaragua. I mean, Managua is like a Mexico City of Nicaragua. I mean, it's, oh. a, big, it's a big city, and mm-hmm. it's got a lot of problems. But, you know, we spend a little, very little time there, you know, once you get up in those hills. Mm-hmm. It's a special place, and I think she she experienced that. Yeah. You said there were about 25 or so students in that um, program, but I, I don't remember. Did you say how many people are in that community that you're serving in? We, we've asked a lot of times, and I think, you know, depending on what you call the community, it right in the, the village of, you know, there's not that many, but the greater area, maybe a few hundred mm-hmm. within, um, maybe within 15-minute walking distance from the village. Okay. Um. So how can how can people get involved with Rough International or with supporting Nicaragua? I mean, you mentioned you mentioned uh, financial earlier, um, but how how else? How can they help you out or support you or learn more about you or learn more about you? Prayer, obviously, financial. I would say prayer always always lead with prayer. Um, we appreciate the prayers. Um, the website is uh, under construction right now, but if you go on, you, you'd probably be able to see quite a bit of what we do and who we're about on the Facebook page. Um, you can, or what other? Yeah, are, just, are, just just how how they can help you, like can uh, coming along on mission trips or, or you know. Yeah, again, yeah, what you do can, you need? You can reach out to me at seven zero one three six one five six eight three. You can send us a message on the Facebook page, uh, email at dell at uh, dell at roughinternational dot com. Uh, if if you want to just think about how you want to help outside of prayer, there's, you know, there's we've had people do school supply drives in the community here that where we can get some school supplies down there. Um, again, food shortages just simply comes down to a financial gift. Um, as far as getting you know coming along, you know, let me know if you're interested, and we can you know don't worry about the safety, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or the finances. We'll figure something out. And um, I like how you put it at the beginning that. Uh, it's an adventure. This or is an adventure. It's always an adventure. Even yeah. after all these times, it's a, it's a journey. It's an adventure, and uh, it, uh, it's special. You won't regret it. You know, and I think that's that's that has to be emphasized more by Christians because I think there's a bunch of non-Christians out there that think that being a Christian is boring. Mm-hmm. Uh, this doesn't sound boring. No, <laughs> no, I don't think so. No. Um, we talked about, about uh, my great aunt. Yep. Your your mom, my great aunt. <laughs> my my grand my grandpa's, your grandpa's sister. sister. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> uh, w- uh, what other impacts or or what other stories uh how have you seen people changed going on these trips? Well, uh, again, it it'd be it'd be nice to hear some testimonies of some of the people that joined us. I think would probably articulate it better than me, but uh, again, again you've you've heard know your your grandpa's sister talk about it and, <laughs> and she like she emphasizes just the the genuine love that that she she felt when she was there just, just the, the relationships i mean how, how close just the short time how close which is the case on most you know mission trips but i i've been on several and and, and there's a reason we have focused on nicaragua and those hills um just you know you, you come back you know, you, you've, uh, Ryan, you've talked about it, going to San Francisco and the impact. I can't remember the, the young gal's name mm-hmm. last week, but the life-changing, life-changing, you know, um, experiences they have. It's it's more just, it puts things in perspective as, you know, the, the first world problems, you know, 
things like mm-hmm. when I think you recognize things like materialism and w- when you come back from those kind of yeah. th- those trips you see again sometimes you see what a faith what faith looks like yeah ag- again often um, yeah it's funny you go on a you like you said you go <coughs> you go on a trip and you get to the honor to be the hands and feet of Christ and then you come back to our country and hopefully you do have a sense of gratitude, but also you can now see with your eyes the primary idol in our country, which mm-hmm. is materialism. Oh, for sure. The The first mission trip I ever went on was in 2015. Uh, we went to, sh- to Chicago. I didn't even leave the country. Mm-hmm. And I came back, and it was like a, a, a reverse culture shock almost. Very much, what, yeah. What's it like coming back from Nicaragua? Especially you go there for sometimes weeks at a time, don't you? So uh, going back to your question, there, there's an example. It, it, you, you come off your airplane and you come into the airport like Miami or Houston, and it's just neon noise, billboards, consumerism. You know, everywhere you look, it's just, you know, in-your-face mm-hmm. culture. Mm-hmm. It, it's almost like you come from this peaceful, <laughs> you, you know, yeah. to all of a sudden um, stimu- st- stimulation overdrive. Yeah, you're immediately triggered, uh, yeah. as the kids <laughs> like to say. Just yeah. So, so yeah, <laughs> but and you and that never you know every every trip same, you know, yeah. other than the fact that you know the travel, the inconvenience of travel and going through immigration and all those kind of things. But but uh, yeah, hmm. yeah, it would adventure sounds like mm-hmm. the <laughs> the adventure, perfect well, word. You know, and, and some of those words, even like a word like passion, gets used pretty loosely nowadays. But it it, it does become you know again. The, the young lady from from last week from the you know you could when I listened to that podcast you could feel you know you could feel the passion in her mm-hmm. in some of her testimonies yeah yeah that was yeah life changing for she sure was, yeah she was changed and mm-hmm. the impact you make um, again Amy was talking about uh, I can't remember that was the founder of Feed My Starving Children that went to Philippines you know on a trip and I mean look at the impact of just that one guy on that one trip has made now worldwide with with some of the food shortages right. mm-hmm. you know. It's really, it's really incredible. So, again, answering your question, you know, the things that can happen off an individual going on a trip like that, yeah, seeds like that, you know, become huge things. Yeah, for sure. So, abstract random sidetrack, because I've been thinking about this with the the relation, and I think <laughs> his uh, grandfather is your uncle, correct? His mom is my mom is. <laughs> See, it gets confusing, <laughs> but the answer so, is yes. So, wait. <laughs> Where's our whiteboard? We should have his, a whiteboard. His mom is my mom's aunt. Is that what you said? His mom is my mom's niece. It's the other way around for him. So, <laughs> okay. His, his mom is my cousin. You, his mom is, is your cousin. but First, first cousin. What is first your cousin. relation to his grandfather? He's my uncle. Okay, good. That's what I was aiming for. <laughs> I feel like I'm taking a test here. Yeah. <laughs> so, because I thought I said that, but I. I like, okay, so, so his mother and you would then be first cousins. Yes. Yes, which makes you, I believe, second cousins. Whatever it is, that's is that why I just okay. call him my cousin. cousin. Yeah. All right, it's all easier right. that way. I'm done. I, I, I'm <laughs> abstract, man. I'm still working on something else. Over your sweating. We need. <laughs> we need a whiteboard in here, Sarah. Yeah. We need a whiteboard. We'll diagram it out. Later. Talk, talk to Gail on the budget. 
But again, <laughs> also answering Ryan's question there is, it, it, for sure, if you have any interest in coming along, I know there's other opportunities. You at Atonement here have other opportunities, other mission opportunities as well. But again, don't hesitate to at least uh, contact me and and uh, I can answer any questions you have or anything like that and then also if you if you if you do want to support us financially it's, it's uh, www.paypal.me slash rough international you donate online and then also if you want to send a you know a huge check or something <laughs> <laughs> it's p.o box 247 in west fargo north dakota 58078 in the usa and uh uh you can also send a uh, a comment on that podcast.net and we'll get that, and sure, and, yeah. and we can we can connect you with with Dell, um, and uh, now it, D, DJ or, or Sarah, do you have any questions? I, I was going to kind of change gears if you don't. Well, I just think after hearing this, we need to stop calling them mission trips and start their adventure trips. Yeah. Adventure trips, adventure trips. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, yeah. Changes the changes the uh, the word mission is uh, is overplayed. Yeah. People don't understand what that means. <laughs> but adventure trips. Yeah, oh, it's going on, we're going on an adventure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, come Let's aboard. Do it. Uh, join us for an adventure. Yeah, that sounds good. Yeah, I like that. Yes. Uh, okay, so now uh, here's a true or false because you said you felt like you were taking a test. <laughs> true or false? COVID is a conspiracy to end the NFL this season so that the Broncos don't completely dominate every team that they're playing. I think that's clearly false. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, man. How are the Cowboys going to do this year? Who knows? Are you a Cowboys fan? <laughs> yes. Well, that ends our time. <laughs> Lately, it's been disappointing as always, I wanted to say. But <laughs> <laughs> Looking at it from glass half hole, yeah. Uh yeah, well, I stand by my Vikings. They look great uh, till about three games into the season. Then it just downhill. Yeah, it always looks good on paper. Say not quite the same spirit as Vikings fans. But I do feel bad for you know those because it's always Super Bowl. You know, after week number two, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and then a few weeks later, it's smashing the TV. And yeah, some things like that. I got a big crying blanket. It's a big, yeah. big uh, blanket I wear during games and just. Yeah. Big Vikings logo on it, and the tears just stain it. Hide, hide all the breakables <laughs> after the week. <laughs> after week twelve, yeah. all, all the breakables get hidden. <laughs> well, if you've been a Vikings fan, you're used to losing, so it's just kind of like, well, <sighs> same same year, uh, uh, same thing, different year. So, as compared to Broncos, which have won a couple, and the Cowboys, which have won even more, uh, it's no. got to be hard to lose. It Vikings, is. we're kind of used to it. <laughs> <laughs> it's been like three decades, though, since the Cowboys have songs. Yeah. It's getting old. It's, it's been, what was it, I think, about six decades since the <laughs> Vikings were in the show. Uh, what was that, 68? Uh, no, they were in, in the 70s, weren't they? Pretty uh, sure they Tarkington. were. Yeah. 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 Tarkington. Yeah. Grand Tarkington. Had to be the, 70s. the 70s. Yeah. Well, they, I don't think they were formed until 1960. Sure. Something like that. Yeah. So, Yeah. So, do you, do you have any <laughs> back to business? Do you have anything else you'd like to share before we? Unless you have any questions, I think we've covered it again. If you have any interest at all in getting involved or in supporting us, don't hesitate to yeah reach out. Yeah, uh, uh, you can go to that podcast dot net 
um, and, and we can connect you. Um, I'll also put uh, the, a link to um, the Rough International Facebook page and Dell's email address in the comments. Um, but yeah, other than that, sounds good. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for joining Thank us. Thank you very much for having me, like I said. Yeah. Well, I, I think that um, I thought it would be neat to have you on to tell those stories uh, about the adventure and how uh, something can impact you to the point that you're going to get in a van, drive through Mexico, potholes mm-hmm. potholes as big as cars, right? <laughs> I mean, it was... You hear about them, but... It- I didn't believe they were that bad until actually taking <laughs> taking the trip. I mean, middle of the highway, just a big old pothole. <laughs> Vehicle killers. Yeah. yeah. Yep. And then every time it's just like, a, this van has to make it. Yeah. You know. But, but yeah, I mean, you, you're, um, you're, you're not going for the fun of it. You're going for, for Christ. Yep. So. I thought it would be neat to to hear that story. So, um, yeah. Any anything else, Sarah or or DJ? We've got we've got uh, that podcast.net, which was just mm-hmm. launched recently. Uh, we also have a Facebook page for the podcast. If you have uh, questions or anything like that, uh, keep keep uh, keep an eye on the uh, the Facebook page. We can uh, ask questions of our guests. Um or uh, the the Twitter, mm-hmm. uh, TikTok as long as that's around, which won't be long probably. Po- the podcast isn't on TikTok. No, but Atonement is. The f- the students are. The students are yeah. Mm-hmm. We're all one yeah one big family. TikTok. You're gonna the twi- stand. You're the, gonna st- the, tw- oh. the Twitter may not be around that long either. I hear truth. It's Who gonna said die that? in six years. The the only person who I trust oh. to tell me about yeah. social media apps. Joe Rogan agrees with it too. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So. There you go. Well, thanks for joining <laughs> us today. Who's praying us out of here, Ryan? Who would like to pray? Well, it, would you mind praying, Dell? Sure. Heavenly Father, thank you for this day. Thank you for this fellowship. Um, uh, we asks for God's peace and blessings on on the listeners on us today um, as we as we uh, share opportunities to serve and um, spread your word and love uh, we pray all this in the name of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ amen amen thank you thank you for coming on Del yeah thank you, th- thank thank you. Thank you. very much you're welcome and thank you all for joining us today uh, and hey you know, God has richly blessed us here at Atonement, and we have a lot going on, as we mentioned earlier. We've got social media, uh, atonementfargo.org. You can find out all about us. Uh, and so uh, reach out to us. If you're looking for community, if you're looking for a way to get plugged in in a Christ-centered community, uh, check atonementfargo.org or search Atonement Fargo on Facebook, YouTube, uh, TikTok, Instagram, all those places. And once again, thanks for joining us and see you next week for another riveting episode of that podcast. (laughs) 